Welcome to the How Scary Is It podcast, a podcast in which we watch some scary movies. We hit the sticks, hit the mics, argue with each other for a little bit, come back to the mics. I'll tell you, how scary is it? Yeah, how, how, really, how scary? Yeah. How scary is it, the movie or the conversation? Both. Both. Both are very scary. Um... Hi, welcome to the How Scary Is It podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Bree. And here we are once again. Uh, what's that Avril Levine? Is that Avril Levine? Here I am once again. No. No? Who am I thinking of? You're thinking of here I am yeah. once again. Tony, please can't deny it. Can't pretend. Love you, everyone. <laughs> Wait, who does that? Is that Kelly Clarkson? Yes. Ah, there we go. Nailed no. It. <gasps> yes. I don't know. I behind feel these hazel eyes. behind these hazel eyes. Yes, it's that's Kelly, Kelly Clarkson. Clarkson. Okay. Swallow me, then nailed spit it. Me out. Yeah, nailed it. Um, you saw Kelly Clarkson live. I did. How was she? Great. It was magical. a great show. It was a great show. It's magical. I, I'm. I think transcendent. I think Taylor Swift's gonna beat out Kelly Clarkson as my favorite one to see live. Kelly Clarkson puts on a good show. She puts on a good show. Taylor Swift's Eras Tour set list is out. And we've been keeping up with what her secret song is. I'm telling you. The secret songs that we're trying to narrow it down. I'm telling you. I will kill myself. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't say that lightly, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. She sent that message to not only me. But to my friends <laughs> as well. Um, so this is becoming a threat. <laughs> Taylor, if you're listening. You need to play right where you left me at the Chicago Friday show. So what are the odds that you would call it correctly? Very, Not, this is very, very slim, low. Very, very low. Um, I mean, she's got a ton of songs. Yeah, I know. I just really like that song. Friends break up. I don't even know if the mic is picking you up right now. Um, anyway, how you doing today? I'm doing okay. I uh, got back from the gym, took a quick shower. I got to babysit later for like an hour, which seems dumb, but whatever. <laughs> got to do favors for your family sometimes. For drive sure. a half hour to babysit, an hour to drive a half hour back. Two hours <laughs> of my life. <laughs> I got to hit up the dollar store, lean around and pick you up some hooks. You better buy snackies, chocolate, because his wife wants chocolate. I don't really want to pick up a lot. Well, he will. I don't really want to spend too much. Because I got to buy a bunch of stuff for my students. Um, this is going to come out on... We don't. We haven't decided yet. But we're recording this a couple days before Easter. And uh, I do... An annual we we have these like little advisory periods where I get the same kids every year and build a little community whatever and uh, every year I do a little Easter egg hunt with them in my room where I hide the uh, Easter egg somewhere in my classroom they have to find it and it's got a bunch of like really weird and obscure prizes like one kid opened up a Easter egg last year and it had the number one in it 
And he's like, what is this? I was like, oh, number one, you get the first prize that I couldn't fit in the Easter egg. And I gave him a pre-owned copy of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie from the 90s. And I said, that's close enough to a bunny as I can find. You get a I turtle. This year, you got to up your your game. My weird prizes. Got to up your game. Like I, I usually just a find... A thing of Play-Doh. I usually just find a bunch of stuff lying around the house. A bubble stick. I think I did give a bubble stick last year. Those are awesome. I don't know yeah. why kids wouldn't be like, oh my God. I have this monitor that I'm Bubbles. not using anymore. <laughs> the old, the secondary monitor that I bought from Meeks. I could give that away. That would be a tight prize. <laughs> <laughs> um, a frame picture of yourself. Oh, cool. Yeah. A frame picture of them. <laughs> I could take their uh, yearbook photo and blow it up and put it in the frame. Yeah, but give how themselves would you, a picture of them. But how would you know? Oh, you would have to like have oh, to do all the I kids. Would have to do all of them and just be prepared. <laughs> that wouldn't work. Um, I'm trying to think of what else. A frame picture of old Boldenbrash. Old Boldenbrash. More like belongs in the trash. <laughs> um, a half-used Yankee candle. Sugar cookie scented Yankee candle. Homemade cookies. No, I told, I actually made a rule with my students because we're doing a potluck on Wednesday too. And uh, I nothing said, Nothing homemade. No, nothing homemade. And they're like, Why? I'm like, Because I don't know what you jabronis are putting in there. Also, I don't know how clean your house is. Yeah. I don't want to eat. I, who knows what could be in that cookie? But I can make some pretty darn good. <gasps> I should go get the ingredients to make homemade cookies. Remember when I made those cookies last time? Mm-hmm. How good they were. They were ginormo. Mm-hmm. They were so good. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, I'm I'm tired. I don't know about you. Um, I'm a little tired. I didn't, like, go as hard at the gym as I normally do. But I don't think it was, like, that difficult of a day. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's depending on the workout. Workouts are difficult. Workouts are easy. I felt like this one was easy. And then I won't be going tomorrow. And I won't be going Tuesday. I'll be going Wednesday. I won't be going Thursday. I might go Friday. And I'm not going Saturday and Sunday. Okay. Because after I get the tattoo on Thursday, I don't know if I should go to the gym for a couple of days. I, got, I, don't, I wouldn't go on Friday. Because I got that ink sack. Yeah, I don't know if I would go on until it heals for like a day or two. When my tattoos heal like really quickly, your tattoos not so much. My mine don't. My my body like as soon as a new tattoo's there, it's like healed. Mm-hmm. It makes no GD sense, but he like has to be religious with washing it with unscented soap and putting on the aquaphor i take it very seriously and where i'm just like mm, regular soap just don't Which, scrub the area that's a good idea i should probably go on we're getting the tattoos on wednesday or thursday and i should probably go on wednesday and i pick will up some though stuff. be taking extra precaution for the my biggest tattoo yeah because that's the one i'm nervous about so at the end of the month i'm getting a big tat like a like the biggest tattoo i've gotten I want to pick up whatever the tattoo parlor sells as uh, um, the ointment, too, because I always read, like, differing things about different brand 
name products. Aquaphor always use. I always use it. I've always used Aquaphor, but I've heard I've heard negative things about Aquaphor. Last time we used what the tattoo parlor gave us, which was like the, that little. It was like a lotion, um, and that seemed to work out pretty well. I don't remember. Well, you know, every tattoo place either sells their own or tells mm-hmm. you what to buy. The tattoo place. We're trying out a new tattoo place. I found them. It was because I really wanted a female tattoo artist who did really good line work. And that wasn't the last tattoo <laughs> parlor we went to. I was completely fine. I like the little imperfections, if I'm going to be completely honest, because it makes it a little bit more like But unique. I'm doing like a huge piece on my arm. Yeah, yeah. That with like cursive writing, it needs to look, it needs to look nice. Yeah. You don't want no regerts. No regerts. Uh, meet me at a middle night. I don't middle know. <laughs> meet me at moot night. <laughs> <laughs> meet me at midnight. Ah. I'm Do like, you want to explain what the tattoo is? No, because no one's going to copy me. I've not, I have not seen a tattoo like this on the internet. Mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to steal. Well, mine. you're working actively with the tattoo I, artist. Yeah, so she's gonna take some creative liberties, which is great. And because I, I told her, I was artist. like, "Here's my idea." I used a bunch of clip art, transparent clip art, to be to kind of like show what was going on in my brain. I was like, obviously not as horrible cartoon clip art as this. And she's like, "Oh no, like this helps me visualize what you are looking for." I'm like, I have seen no tattoo like this on the internet for this album so i'm really excited about it it's based off taylor swift's midnight's album and i'm just like really excited is that your favorite taylor swift album it's i love evermore so much Mm -hmm. but evermore it's harder to like because all evermore gives off a winter vibe okay like it's kind of like you get evermore you have champagne problems you have like all these songs where it's like oh yeah like that would be maybe i would have to sit down longer to come up with a tattoo idea or like the tattoo idea for midnights came to my head immediately yeah yeah um do you so you mentioned seasons with taylor swift and i think that a lot of her albums like i identify different see or you can like oh this is a summer album this like is lover fall. is a summer Lo- album. lover is a summer album i was just recently listening to red is fall to lover yeah i would i would say red, midnight is midnight's is different midnight's is definitely more of a vibe of like i just slammed an edible and i'm like in a marinade and melt into it's the definitely couch like for a little it's, bit it's <laughs> all transcends seasons yeah it's more about late night thoughts sure sure what what's uh spring 1989 probably yeah i don't know spring is a weird season because like folklore folklore and evermore are like winter Mm mm-hmm yeah red is fall lover is summer true <laughs> um we we had discussed doing a sister podcast talking swift talking talking taylor talking taylor yeah um i don't know it's as 
eloquent as I may be with talking about what I being able to pinpoint what I like about movies, music is much harder for me to pinpoint exactly like what makes a song good or what makes an album flow from beginning to end. I not as to, I have to ask you because I kind of feel like I already know the answer. When you listen to a song, kid, do you like make a music video in your head for that song? No. Oh my god! Like I do no. that all the time. No, I don't make a music video. I just listen to the lyrics. So do I. Try I try to get the story out of the lyrics. So do I. Yeah, but I don't visualize. A uh, music video? Where, I don't visualize where it goes, no. Oh my God. It's because I'm so creative. <laughs> my brain is genius. My brain is genius. <laughs> and then when I see what they do for the, um, like what they're going to do for their music video, I'm like, mm, I would have done it better. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because sometimes music videos are really indicative of the story that's being told and in the song itself. Other times they just go crazy. I feel like Lavender Haze, the music video for that, is exactly what I would picture in my mind. Lavender Haze is like, because I have not watched the music video for it, but it seems like a hard song to make a music video for. We'll watch it. We'll watch it. When you watch the music video, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that definitely matches the vibe of the song. Mm-hmm. He always yells at me about being on my phone, yet he's on his. I'm sorry, word. The boys are trying to um, see if we want to get together for WrestleMania tonight, and uh, it's looking like a no. It's looking like a no. <laughs> I already planned a meal. Here's the deal. Do I have a deal for you? You know how we said the mini weenies would be enough? <laughs> what do you want? Here's here's my idea. What? Dessert. Do you want me to make a dessert? What kind of dessert? Do you want me to make cannoli dip? Mm-mm. I'm not a fan of cannolis. He's a freaking monster. Well, who doesn't like cannolis? And you know I like chocolate. Which cannoli has. Oh, the- my God. Here she goes. Um, no. Okay. So. He lost I it. Wish, I, I wish like you weren't. I anymore. wish you weren't going and babysitting today because we do have to hit up Costco at some point. And I was going to say, let's go get some macaroons at Costco. No at one is Costco. stopping you from going to Costco on your own. I don't want to go all that way by myself. I got to go to the dollar store and I'm lazy. I'm like, I don't want to do it. Oh, well. I hate that I have to go to the dollar store and get hooks because the hooks, the adhesive keeps wearing off and my flags in my room keep falling down. Do you think it's from people tearing them off, though? No, they've been very they, they've been much better about um, keeping my room in shape over the past couple of weeks since I complained about it. Um, they've been much better about. It. So, oh, man. Hey, any teachers that are listening to this podcast I got a little piece of advice for you. Our Spanish teacher um, at my school, we were talking about how before we took over our classrooms, the teachers that were there before us didn't take very good care of the classrooms. And uh, there's like this graffiti that's like on the black edges of the tables and it's in like gold Sharpie. And so I've been covering it up with electrical tape because it kind of blends in. But some of these jabronis who have uh, who are in the classroom when I'm not in there, 
they rip off the electrical tape and expose the graffiti. So I've been looking for ways to try to like get rid of the graffiti. And uh, she comes up to me and she says, I have this thing that I ordered off Amazon. It's called the pink stuff. And I've heard about the pink stuff. It's a magical elixir. It's a magical paste. It's you apply it and you just kind of leave it there for like five minutes and then you just start scrubbing it off and it wipes away Sharpie, graffiti, any kind of like permanent marker or paint that you might have um, on something. It was like, I went up to her, I was like, this is the ma- most magical thing I've ever seen in my life. It, it was incredible. So now my room is clean. My room is solid. Um, I had some issues of people using my room and like my flags would be on the ground or like my, my desk would be rummaged through and like kids were drawn on my desks and stuff. And it's like, I can't always monitor, you know, I have control issues. My, yes, I can't always monitor what I'm not there for. Mm -hmm. If my students ain't, ain't doing that because they know better, but I don't know how other people, you know, lead their classrooms. So when somebody comes in, maybe after school to do like test prep in my classroom, they might not be monitoring the kids 100% and the kids, you know, they get bored and they draw on the desk. Um, what? Nothing. You're giving me a, a look. Of oh, like, no, I was zoning out. Um, the the kids might be drawn on the desk. So I complained about it and it's been fine ever since. So That's good, though. Yeah, that's that's good. Out of all the other stuff that's going wrong, that that's at least positive. My room is tidied up. My room's a freaking mess. Mm-hmm. Stinking freaking student teacher. How comfortable are you talking about your student teacher on this podcast? I don't think he'd ever find this podcast ever. Oh, my God. This man makes me want to freaking th- put my head through a wall. He's the most fascinating guy I've ever heard of. He's just, like, <laughs> not smart. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. He's just not smart. He's not smart. Not everybody is smart. I would say I'm as smart as objective or subjective. Um, like you, you can be smart in one thing, but not smart in the other. Like I'm really smart about movies, but I like suck at math. You know what I mean? Okay. But at least you know how to like pronounce things. To an extent. (laughs) You sometimes will bring up this man and he's the most fascinating guy. It just based on the stories that I hear. He just seems like the most fascinating gentleman I've ever heard of. Tajin. The story about the shirt was really, really funny. <laughs> She's laughing about it now. Okay, so we get we're getting shirts for like spirit shirts, and first of all, he didn't know his shirt size <laughs> when we asked, "What's your shirt size?" So um. we had to go look at his shirt size on the shirt off his back. It was a medium, and we're like, "Okay, so we'll get you a medium," and. It's just like, oh, are all the shirt costs cost the same? It's like, yeah, all the shirts cost the same. He said, okay, I'll get an extra large. <laughs> I said, what? This man's a medium. <laughs> Why is he getting an extra large shirt? That was the most wild thing I, I, I heard that day when you told me that. And I, I, I have an eventful day once in a while. But when you told me that, I was like shocked and appalled that somebody would do that. I was like, wait a second. But he's not an extra large. 
<laughs> so what's he gonna do? Swim in the shirt? I don't know what he's gonna do in it. I think he's gonna look ridiculous when he wears it. So he did, in fact, order an extra. He large. did, in fact, order and an extra. And he's just got to deal with it. Now. And he. Did they tell him you have to wear it this day to school? Well, we, he was supposed to wear it on Wednesday. He forgot. Oh yeah. Okay. And I forgot. He always wears like polos with like different logos on them, like. Like the little guy playing um Like, cricket? no, he wore like a Blackhawks logo one. He wore like a Western Illinois University one. Oh. And I'm like, how many places do you work where you get like polos? I I, I, I would be, I'm like, why are you wear? I'm like, first of all, why are you dressing like an absolute nerd here in this place? I was like, everybody else is in jeans and like a t-shirt. Well, okay. So I... I know this is not applicable to your student teacher, but when I was student teaching, they always told me wear a shirt and tie, like a button-down shirt and tie, because you want to make yourself distinguishable from the students because you look very young. I still, I'm five well, years into like the older game, than and me. I still get those comments. He's like older than me. Yeah. So I was going to say not applicable. Not applicable. Does he have a beard? Sometimes. He just well, like, you also work in a first grade classroom, so yeah, you gotta be. And he's like eight <laughs> foot tall. He's yeah. like, <laughs> like an adult human. <laughs> <laughs> with me in high school, it's a little bit different. I blend in. I wear a hoodie with my shirt. Well, and I'll tie. tell you, one hundred percent, there are fifth graders who like tower over me. Oh, really? Like they're so tall. Mm-hmm. But I, I, uh, I am five years into the game, and I still get the comments of like, "Oh my god, I didn't even see you blend in." Thanks. Um, I grew out my weird little crappy goatee one year to try to be like distinguishable from the students, but I hate, I hate my facial hair. I can't do it. I also hate your facial hair. Yeah. It's disgusting. It is gross. It's, it's I pretty... wish you would shave better. What do you mean? Because you always have a shadow. Yeah. It's because I don't use a straight razor. I wish you would shave better. I don't need to use a straight razor. My hair, my facial hair doesn't grow in as thick. So there's no need for a straight razor. But you always have a shadow. I'm okay with that, I suppose. Why would I grow... Listen, why would I use a straight razor when I can barely grow facial hair? <laughs> you've seen you've seen me go months without shaving, and it's still not like a... It's like a little mustache. It's like a little thing, yeah. <laughs> He's like, look at me and my little mustache. I want that, like, um, we were looking at pictures of Vince McMahon at the Hall of Fame ceremony, no, and he has that little Gomez mu- Adams not. mustache. Where you, like, shave it, so it's just, like, a little it's bit It's just, like, a little, like, right above your lip. <laughs> it's, like, a little line right above your lip. I should do that. Me? No, me. <laughs> not you. <laughs> With my mustache? Um, cool, man. I don't know, man. Um... I was trying to, I was going to bring up something. I completely forgot what I was going to bring up. Oh, we booked our trip to Vegas. No, we didn't finish booking it. We're almost there. We got the flight nailed down. We're almost there. I'm more excited because last time we went to Vegas. We were shackled by our friends. Uh, I wouldn't say shackled by our friends. Yes, we were. But I felt like we wanted to do stuff just between the two of us. But because we went on a friend's trip... I, it was like, um, well, I guess we got. I'm okay with hanging out with them, but you maybe wanted some like 
time where we could go to a show or we can like we did go around. to one show and we did we did have like that whole last day where it was pretty much just the two of us for a while and we got to go shopping i'm just looking forward to more time just the two of us yeah i think that's what we need i i love our friends trips but sometimes i'm like i'm not telling nobody that we're going on this trip oh well it's in the podcast well, no one listens to this. I already told my friends. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I tell my friends everything. I, I was asking them for recommendations. I'm, I'm pretty sure as soon as we get pregnant, the first people to know will be your friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it in the group chat. How long... Um, What's your longest running group chat? My longest running group yeah, chat? Yeah, the one that's still consistent and long running. My family group chat. How long have you had it? For like for a lo- since we all have iPhones. Oh wow! Wait, so how long is that? I don't know. Since we like since I was in high school. Cool. Because I was thinking about how probably long like a good ten years. The group chat yet. with my friends has been has been ongoing, and we've switched platforms. We've like delete. We've like deleted the group chat and then like rejoined. Oh no! I'm talking about consistent. Like this is this is the group chat. Oh, it hasn't changed in like years. Yeah. One time, so we would get angry in the group chat, and like one of us would leave it. Yeah, I think I've had the one with my friends for almost ten years. It's been almost ten years. I think we're at nine right now. And we switched platforms. We went from like the texting one to group me, and then back to the original text chat so we've had some uh back and forth the group me fizzled out after (laughs) a little while because i think we added too many people in there it was not as fun not as intimate yeah and then we we uh definitely we will kick some people out um can't be friends with us anymore yeah you, you know you go you don't need a lot of friends you just need a good few that's my philosophy I agree. All right, Bree. Um, we're at about twenty six minutes. Would you like to? Um, yeah. I'd would like you to like get to get started. into it? I don't foresee this being a particularly long conversation about this movie, um, but I think there's some good to talk about in regards to the movie that we chose to watch today. And as per our normal, how scary is it rules? We are going to get into spoilery territory, so. At about the 26, 30 mark we're at right now. Um, if you haven't seen the movie Wreck from 2007 or 2008, uh, then pause it. Go watch it. It's an 80-minute banger. It's like... Very quick. Very quick. And it's it's very fast moving after a little while. After you get towards like a third of the way in, it goes really quick. Yeah. After the first act of the movie, it... it it really escalates quickly. Um, so I don't think it should be like a boring thing and you can go easily watch that. And it's on Amazon Prime for free. Uh, if you have Prime, if you are inclined to pay the $6 to our overlord, Jeffrey Bezos. Jeffrey Bezos. Jeffrey Bezos. Then you can watch Wreck and you can enjoy it. And then you can come back and listen to our spoilery conversation on it. So you did it. We are going to talk Wreck <laughs> in three, two, one. Everybody dies. <laughs> every, every single person dies. Every single person dies. Everyone is a bad person. 
Everyone is a bad person. Okay, so the movie that we chose to watch today, and as per the style of podcast that we have, we just kind of chose this one willy-nilly. We were looking for a random horror movie to watch. Wreck had been on my list. Um, I've, I've always heard great things about it, and it's been on my list, and I saw 80 minutes, and I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's get into it. Um, so Wreck, stylized as the um, like recording symbol, as uh this is a found footage movie 2007 spanish found footage horror movie uh co-written and directed by oh god um paco plaza and uh gosh how do you pronounce i don't know how to pronounce this man's name so pardon me if i butcher it um yeah you you look paco plaza and (laughs) We're too American. I don't want to be disrespectful. Balaguero. Balaguero. Okay. Well, we'll put it that way. Jaime. Jaime. Jaime Balaguero. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. Okay. Jaime uh, Balaguero and Paca Plaza. Starring uh, Manuela Velasco. That one was an easy name. And (laughs) as a reporter who, with her cameraman, uh, company a group of firefighters on an emergency call to an apartment building only to discover an infection spreading inside with building being sealed up and all occupants ordered to follow a strict quarantine. Uh, did you know about this movie before I had no. brought it up? No. You had no idea? No. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. So the movie was remade in America like a year after it came out in Spain uh, as the movie Quarantine. Have you heard of that with Jennifer Carpenter? I think that's her name. She's looking at me. No. I went and seen it in theaters with my parents when it came out. I think it came out in 2009. And I haven't seen it probably since. But I do remember like this is almost a like Quarantine is almost a shot for shot remake of Wreck. Now that I've seen the original one because it had always been on my list is like the original is much better than the American remake and this is a first for us i think this is the first uh foreign language film foreign language film that we've watched on the podcast if we think back to it i believe so i think so and there's so many cool like i think we have to move past this notion of and I don't think we're there right now, but there's this notion that like foreign horror movies don't matter. And just because they don't get sensationalized in, in the States means that they're like not good or worthy of watching. And I think we're moving past that. I don't think we think that. Um, but foreign horror kind of goes crazy a little bit and it does things that conventional american horror movies tend not to do uh and i think this movie is a good example of that in a lot of different ways so as a spanish language horror movie um it follows like a similar convention of found footage first of all brie before we even get into the movie there's a couple of different things that i want to ask you and i want to get your opinion about first of all what do you think of found footage horror? Because we did we watched Creep, 
right? Well, you know, I like found footage. I think found footage horror makes it scarier because it immerses you in the experience where like you are a character because you are the camera. I love. Yeah, I would agree with that. And to kind of piggyback off of what you've said, not only does it immerse you into the movie and make you a character because you're part, you're basically the cameraman in a sense, but you're so beholden to where the camera goes. Like you have no control over this. And it's like you only see what the camera sees because you are the camera. That reminds me of the story of the Blair Witch Project where they they were going to put the Blair Witch physically in the movie and they did the makeup for the actor and they like they made it scary and they put all the prosthetics on or whatever they made this person look really scary and then when they were doing because the movie was like basically improvised and then when they were doing the scene the guy the actor that had the camera was supposed to like turn the camera over to focus on the actor that was the Blair Witch and then forgot to do it in the heat of the moment and they were just like okay that's what the camera sees. We don't get to see the Blair Witch now because that you're you're beholden to what the camera operator wants you to see. And if the camera operator didn't get the Blair Witch on screen, then guess what? Blair Witch doesn't show up on screen because that's kind of the the tenant of found footage. And I think found footage gets played with a lot in a lot of cool ways. And it gets played with in a lot of boring ways, too. I think we've seen this, like, boom in found footage in, like, the late 2000s, early 2010s that kind of made the the genre, the subgenre a little bit boring. And because it was oversaturated. It was super oversaturated. But this is one of the first, like, found footage movies that plays with the genre in a really positive way and wreck is considered to be one of the best found footage horror movies would you agree with that i thought it was really good yeah me too um second question that i wanted to ask you in relation to the movie that we watched what's a zombie what's a zombie what's a zombie what are the qualifications for zombie um or a zombie movie i should say it's human flesh eats human flesh qualification number one eats human flesh on changes a person's brain so that they are unaware of what they're doing unaware of what they're doing no personification yes would you say zombie movie means would you say evil dead is a zombie movie No. Or is that a... That's a possession movie. Possession movie. So it's a little bit... Because I think Evil Dead is often considered a zombie movie, but it's it's not not. a zombie movie. Um, The idea that this could be a world-ending Believable. Believable. In this movie, believable. Well, I'm just saying, like, in order for it to be a legitimate zombie movie, I think there has to be the threat of... If this thing gets out, everyone is dead. You know what I mean? And like, I think that, biohazard is also like. Well, and that's what I was going to say too. Like, is do you consider zombie to be. It has to be. Dead, dead comes back to life. Or do you consider zombie to be infection? Infection. You think? So like Night of the Living Dead in the 60s 
I want to say it's the 60s, is just people start coming out of their graves. That's a zombie, right? Well, now zombies kind of changed because we kind of don't. People coming out of the grave is not believable anymore. Mm -hmm. Whereas infection takes over like your like prefrontal cortex so that you have no like control over your own actions. What do you think is scarier? Infection. Why? Because why was COVID so scary? Infection. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that this could happen in real life? Do you think there's a possibility? I don't want to talk about it. Well, this is the How Scary Is It podcast. It probably could. It probably could. It probably will. Oh, no. She thinks it's going to happen. <laughs> I Okay, I got to tell you, because this is the first zombie movie, I think, that we're covering on the podcast. When I was when I was a young boy, when I was a young Did boy. Did your father take you into the city? No, no. To see a marching band? No. My father exposed me to horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So when I was in, like, eighth grade. I had this like existential fear of the end of the world. I still have the existential fear. No, of the like end of the world. existential fear of like, well, what would happen if there was like zombie outbreak right now? Am I prepared for it? No, I'm not. So I'm gonna die, and I'm gonna die horrifically and brutally, and it's gonna suck. I'm gonna die by my own hand. Did you? So did you ever have that fear of like? Can you empathize with that? Yeah, I also like. I've given up on trying to prepare for the apocalypse. I'm just going to die. We've talked about that. <laughs> we talked about die. that a, a couple times during the course of this movie. I would. What would you do, Brie? Just die. I'm just dying. I think I'm just dying. I'm just going to die. I don't think that these zombies died, though, and came back to life. Well, maybe. I don't know. Because I think they just got bit and they were just like infected. Because they, they kept talking about how it spreads through saliva and stuff. So I would say this isn't the dead coming back to life. This is infection. Just in general infection. So we're we're narrowing down our zombie criteria, our zombie movie criteria to it it can't be a possession movie. That's demons. Right? Like Evil Dead is possession. Um it's got to be some kind of infection or event in which the dead come back to life or something spreads to a point where the person is no longer the person they're just mindless flesh-eating machines they don't have to be like all stabbed and cut up like they've been (laughs) dead for a while and like they're rotting or whatever but they just have to be like flesh-eating machines with no personality mm-hmm. does that seem fair yeah okay so that rules out like I, the evil dead's like the only movie that's coming to mind that doesn't meet that criteria but like i'm sure there are other infection movies or something like that where it's not necessarily a zombie or there's like um demonic possession even though this movie toys around with the mixing of science and religion in a lot of ways, like towards the end, but we'll get there. Um, cool. What what else, Brie? 
before we get into the minutia. No, I think we're ready to dive in. Did you enjoy it? I thought it was good. I as, a fir- as a first viewing of a movie I that felt like everybody it was chaotic. Was, uh, super chaotic. I felt like the movie escalated so quickly. Because um, in the beginning, it's kind of boring. We're following this reporter who's following found firemen. Footage, found footage movies are like that, though, and like, you're like, generally. She's following firemen. It's like her thing is called like while you're sleeping or like something. While you're asleep. Yeah. So it's like following police, not police, firemen after dark. And she's just like interviewing people. And it seems like lame and boring at first because it's like what firemen do after dark is the same thing that they do in the daytime. Mm -hmm. I think the movie does a really good job of utilizing the found footage subgenre to its advantage. Like I really, I think what makes like found footage so good is not only that you're so like beholden to whatever the camera is presenting to you and you like can't escape it. It's you see what the camera wants you to see and nothing in between. Um, But I also think that there are other like tenants of found footage that this movie hits on the mark really well. Uh, Claustrophobia, tight and enclosed spaces. I don't know about you, but I felt like I knew this apartment complex inside and out. And yeah. it, it felt very small mm-hmm. and it felt so very, very narrow very to small. a point where it's like when towards the end of the movie, when like everybody is infected, there's like nowhere for you to go. It's like you're trapped. Yeah. And and there's not a lot of space for you to just run around. So like, do you remember that scene? And I'm skipping around here where the one lady is handcuffed to the uh, the stairwell. Yes. And they're, like, trying to move past her to get up the stairs. Like, that felt very, like, uh, like, like claustrophobic like a little gonna bit. Get, they're going to get eight. They're going to get eight because they're just in such close or proximity. Bit. Like, the thing is, like, they don't want to get bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let's get into it. And, and then we can cover well, maybe some of, stuff later. I've kind of, like, started getting into it because I was like, well, it's a reporter. She's following firemen around. It's after dark. Um, she's interviewing people. It seems lame and boring because the first is just like, here's like where they sleep. Here's like um, if the alarm sounds off, this is the pole they go down. It would take like this. Me- it only takes three minutes to get anywhere. Um, They're looking at the life of the firefighters. We're looking in their dining area and like how they eat. Yeah, it's kind of just like very They're interviewing people. We're looking at the clothes. They're playing basketball. They're killing time until they get called out. Yeah. So they get they're in the middle of a basketball game, and then the alarm goes off. It's not a fire. It's kind of just a call, like a wellness call. Mm-hmm. And so, like they're like, oh well, like we're not gonna put on our siren because like it's, it's not, not a em- fire. It's, it's not, not an emergency. emergency. And so they get there, and these people are in the 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 hallway they're like it's this old lady she lives alone and she just started screaming like this high pitch like scream and so we have our firemen um like a, a couple police officers yes, and they're they're all go up and this woman is in her nightgown she's covered in blood mm-hmm. and she's screaming they're kind of like trying to talk to her and this old lady bites this man's neck and she, like, takes a chunk out of it. Yeah. And, like, at that moment, you're like, well, we're dealing with zombies. Oh, this is a zombie movie. This is okay. a zombie movie. 
And um, a found footage zombie movie is so interesting. And to do. as soon as like they're trying to get him down, they like want to go get this man to the hospital. Like they like take him down and they're locked in. And the people are like, we're all lo- of a sudden that like the health department, the, heart, the, and the SWAT teams are they, outside. They said like, oh, you know, the count, like the country's health organization is quarantining this place. And they're like, well, we got someone who's, who has like a wound. We need to go. They need to go to the hospital. And they're like, no, no, you're not leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like right then. That's where it kind of gets wild. Like it starts to get crazy. I think it slows. It, it slows down a little bit um, through this part because basically we just start to meet everybody else that lives in the apartment complex. So there's. Uh, one guy who works as like a nurse, um, he's like taking care of the doctor. Um, there's a mom and her daughter that are living there and they have a dog, Max. And then there's like a, an Asian family. There's this older gentleman, Caesar. Uh, and then there's a, a old man and an old woman that, that live there too. And two police officers, one got bit. And then the other one is like trying to keep the peace and keep order. And then there's our reporter, the cameraman, and our two firemen. Well, the crazy part is the other firemen, like it's thrown. They're all arguing about like, like, how do we get out of here? What do we do? And there's screaming and there's chaos. And all of a sudden, a body, the body, bodies fly out. And so now we have two critically injured people. So the, I was reading up on IMDb and I told you about this and I want to get your, your thoughts. A lot of the cast weren't given a full finished script to this movie. So a lot of them didn't even know what their characters fates would be until the day that they filmed. Um, They would like, do things to the cast members that would surprise them because they weren't given a complete script. So that scene where the body flies, the uh, firefighter's body flies down from the top floor and smacks his head on the the floor um, and shocks everybody. That was like an authentic reaction from the actors because they had no idea that that was going to happen. They just threw something down there and shocked the crap out of the actors and I, I asked you, like, do you agree? Because we hear stories about that all the time. I'd be like, from, no, like, that's kind of unethical. Direct, directors do this all the time where, like, they, we hear, like, Stanley Kubrick did that all the time to, like, Shelley Duvall. And they would not tell the actors that they're going to do something. And then they do it to get, like, an authentic reaction of, like, fear. You need to, tr- you need to trust your actors that they can portray emotions when you actually scare them, like... It's unethical. It's cruel. I would agree. And I told you when we were sitting on the couch and reading Shelley that. Shelley Duvall had to go like, she, she she had a rough, like, after that movie, she had a rough life. Mm-hmm. They, they like, abused her. Well, I mean, Stanley Kubrick was incredibly demanding on the set of, of The Shining. Not only, like, actively messing with Shelley Duvall, but forcing his actors to do like a hundred takes of the same scene to a point where like in that scene where Shelly Duvall is holding the baseball bat. Have you ever seen the shining? 
Oh, we got to watch it one day for the pod. Um, when Shelly Duvall's holding the baseball bat against Jack Nicholson and she's like, her eyes are all like swollen and red and she like she had been crying for a long time because they were doing the takes over and over and over and over again to a point where like her her hands were like all raw from gripping the baseball bat so hard for so long. Her eyes were like swollen and red for crying on command for so long and she was like exhausted. Is that unethical for yes, a yes it's unethical i think you got to trust your actors a little bit you're hiring actors to act you got to trust that they're going to be able to give that that performance that you want to pull out of them and it's your job as the director to pull that out of them if you can't do that without like shocking and surprising and putting them through torture is like uh, what do they call it? Like child. hazing? There's a child. <laughs> yeah. You shocked a child. So like, I think as a director, you you totally do have to trust your actors. You're hiring them to act. You're hiring them to act surprised. You're hiring them to act scared, terrified, fearful. Trust that they're going to be able to do that and give you the reaction that you want. So like if, if I wanted authentic reaction, I would just hire a, re- a regular person, a non-actor to do it right because otherwise like why are you hiring an actor and hiring them to act like after he falls to the ground like they go back up to the apartment with the old lady and there's not there's another girl in the apartment yeah and they, they like shoot both of these people i would too you am, am I wrong? No, you're right. Are we wrong to and they, meet, I, like they're I wrote, running it? I wrote them. I'm too anxious for zombies. And they're they're like truly locked in. So they try to there's like this like um metal door that leads to like another part of it's like, like a textile factory in the, And so they're like, Maybe we can get out this way. So they open that up and then we get this one guy who starts blaming the Chinese. I thought that this was an interesting thing to put in because they also they really they was look this at this pre, Asian this family. Was pre, this is pre pandemic. This is two thousand eight. Yeah, so it's pre pandemic. This is I think. And like people get this racist now. Oh about, yeah, about yeah. COVID, where it was like, oh, it's because they eat weird things, and well, that was what this movie said. It's because they eat weird. They things. eat raw fish, and yeah. they were like all weirded out by that. Um. Zombie movies are really interesting because 99% of zombie movies are how do people that don't normally interact with each other work together to try to survive. Mm-hmm. And this group, you get you get well. the conflict between <laughs> not too well. You get the conflict say. between the people and like some are able to work together and form relationships, others are not able to coexist so then they die. This one is really interesting because I I don't want to go too deep into the movie. Do you, tell me if I'm wrong. You tell me if I'm wrong with I'll this interpretation. Do you think that this is like a commentary on how, um, like, you don't trust your neighbors? Yeah, I guess. We lived in an apartment complex. I don't trust none of those I didn't people. trust any of those people. I didn't trust any of those people at all. I remember this one time it was flooding and this lady asked if she could go through our front door to our back door so she could get into her apartment. Do you remember that? Yeah. 
And I was like, we I were don't like know. hesitant. I was like, I don't know how comfortable I am though with that. Yeah. We ended up letting her do that, but I was like, how strange. I grew up in the city. I don't trust anybody, but I think that this is a, a larger commentary on if all of these people just like maybe trusted each other a little bit more, they would have been able to maybe last a little long. I don't know about survive, but last a little well, bit longer. I'm just like, so they get to, they're like treating the wounds of these two people in this textile factory. They're, they're in BNC protocol, which is um, biological, nuclear, or chemical situations. And so when everybody hears that, they all freak out. And the firefighter's trying to say, this is more common than you think it is. It is not. You can you can very much tell he's just trying to like yeah. keep the Yeah, and peace. then they're like, well, there's going to be a guy who comes in and he's going to take your blood. Uh, yeah, and a, a health inspector. Yeah, so this health guy um, comes in and... He's there. They're kind of putting it together. Like the camera girl is like the she's kind of figuring out what's going on she's like we're not going to be able to leave Mm -hmm. she's kind of putting it together she's like some something's going on like something is wrong with these people and i mean i probably would figure it out right from the get-go i'm like it's zombies it's zombies right away well i don't know about zombies but if i saw what she saw and then I got quarantined in this building and they were taking it super seriously like that. I'd be like, something's going down right yeah. now. This is some kind of biological hazard. And then this health inspector gets attacked um, by the two hurt people who before were completely like comatose and now they're up and eating. Running around. Yeah, running yeah. around. And they're like super strong. They're like able to break out of die zombie like stuff and we find out that a dog was came into a like a veterinarian's office and ended up eating like a bunch of of the other dogs yeah and like the infected dog was traced back to this apartment complex and to the family of the the man that who's trapped outside and the wife with the young daughter who the wife is like, she just has tonsillitis. Tonsillitis. That's why she's like feverish. No, this little girl has the zombie. Can I can I tell you something that bugs me a little bit about zombie movies? Sure. There's an inconsistency here of uh, and it's it's for plot convenience mm-hmm. of somebody's dealing with the infection and it takes them so long to become a zombie and then like when you get to the last act of the movie it starts taking people like half a second to become a zombie there's inconsistencies in the length that it takes somebody to become a zombie i just wrote the kid is infected crazy because now like the two people who are upstairs the old lady and the other lady they're missing Mm -hmm. they've disappeared and the kid they're like everyone's like looking at the kid and the kid like spits up blood on the mother's face and like runs away. So now we're like yeah, demon child. So now she's like on the loose. The two people and then the people that were in the textile factory. Now they're trying to open up that. So like we have like five zombies running around it. I mean, 
the thing that I th- took out of this movie more so than anything else was how quickly this escalates after the first act of the movie. Well, everyone's screaming now. I said, Jesus, this is crazy. Too much screaming because they they handcuff the mom. Is it too much screaming or is it realistic? It's realistic. They handcuff the mom to like the banister because like she's freaking out because of they're going after her child because her child is the cause of the infection. And then the two guys are like going to come through the the textile factory because like the like the thing is not strong enough to hold them but they're like we can't get this woman free she can't run away because we don't have the key the police officer had the key and he got eat he got eat (laughs) so now that woman is doomed and this is insane i said i would just hide i would there's a point where we get to like the last i would find a empty apartment and i would just hide and that's what she tries to do um, there's a point in like the last 15 minutes of this movie where no, they get to everybody starts getting eaten and dying. Yeah. So almost everyone, by the time we get to, it's a murder party. Can we go back to the like, point where the, it's like the, the cameraman, the one lady and the one firefighter are all who's left. And he's just like cracking necks. Oh yeah. It reminded me of like watching VHS or something. And, <laughs> How easy it is for this guy just to like snap people's necks. He snaps somebody snap, else's necks, snap. Like, like hits, hammers somebody else. And like at a point, though, I think there are just too many zombies. You just got to be like, all right, I'm just going to kill some people. Yeah. I guess. And at, at a Save certain point, it was like even he got taken because there was just so many zombies. And we're left with the just the cameraman and the, the reporter. I want to go back a second to yeah, the little go ahead. girl. The little girl, when they find her in the apartment built in the uh, the the area, and the one cop is like, "I'm gonna go try to talk her down," and I was like, "That's the dumbest decision of this entire movie." She's Dumb- dumbest a decision has to go to this guy for getting down on one knee and like trying to talk to this little girl. It's like obviously the little girl is infected. You see these infected people like animalistically attacking people don't go near the little girl like that i know just stay away from her or yeah i think our morals often get in the way of like i would just kill everyone zombies and chop your head off chop your head off chop your head off chop your head off realistically if we were in a zombie i mean i'd probably die but i would definitely would you rather okay let me ask you this we're in a zombie apocalypse okay and it's like just starting up Okay. Would you rather die at the beginning of a zombie apocalypse or while the zombie apocalypse has already created the end of the world? And there's like a bajillion zombies running around. I I know it's in like human nature to like fight. <laughs> like, like I was like I want to say I'll just be like, "Oh, I'm just going to die." But I might do some fun stuff first. Do you cuz I was maybe I always I'll, thought about maybe I'll it. I'll try to kill some zombies first. See how many bodies you can rack up. Yeah. Um, I thought about it for a, a while, and I thought it's probably less painful to go at the beginning of the zombie apocalypse than at the end of the zombie apocalypse. Because if this is like the beginning, the number of zombies aren't as large, so there's no hordes. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no hordes, so you're probably getting attacked by one zombie 
who maybe bites you and that's like painful sure but then the zombie's gonna be like oh another human being yeah i'm gonna go after that one and they're gonna run away from you and you're just gonna be left to become a zombie and like just you know die and if you get attacked later on in the zombie apocalypse after the numbers start growing and the hordes begin to form you are getting devoured and it's incredibly painful so who's to say i don't kill myself that could happen (laughs) but i'm just saying i think i would rather go at the beginning of a zombie apocalypse before the hordes start forming i understand um it becomes a murder party again but um the last fireman oh, caesar, caesar starts talking about this underground tunnel that is connected to the sewers um of the apartment so they're they're trying to find a key right or like an access point to this underground tunnel that they can get through where yeah i kind of skipped over that part because it was like um the weird old guy the cameraman the uh reporter the fireman and the health inspector guy. The health inspector guy is like, I got bit. He locks I'm, himself he's up. Like, locks himself up. He's like, this is not going to hold me. So you got to get, you got to go find these keys from the guy who was like a superhero or something. So they got to go back down. They gave them like a video game style objective. Like they had you got to gotta go, go find the they keys. They had to go back down, find the apartment, go back up to that guy's apartment, find the keys. They got the keys, but now they're fighting everyone's a zombie. Now everybody in this apartment Everyone's a zombie, a zombie except for the fireman, the the cameraman, and the reporter. But fireman he, he, starts, he gets bit. Gets The fireman gets bit. The Only the reporter and the cameraman get into the apartment, the top floor apartment. The penthouse. The penthouse. Where it's where they're stuck. Okay, um, so this is where it starts getting interesting. This is the weird part where it starts, they start getting like different, like it's covered in newspaper clippings about like de- demonic possession. There's like uh, religious iconography everywhere and newspaper clippings about a girl from Portugal that was possessed. And how the Vatican was trying to, like, do something to save this girl and stop the possession. So they're, they're like, roaming around. And you kind of have to piece the puzzle together because they don't flat out or tell you. it's probably you. not possession. It was probably an infection the whole time. No, no, no. So, well, I don't know about infection because they don't really say, like, where it originates other than this point. You ha- I think I put the pieces of the puzzle together in the proper way. And, and here's my here's my go at it. Okay. Um, because they don't flat out tell you. It's like show not tell, and they start hearing this tape recorder of the guy who worked, who was living in there that worked for the Vatican, and he said, "Um, I've isolated the enzyme, but it seems to be very contagious if if released." So what I'm putting together is that. This is like a weird mythology that's a mixture of science and and religion. Like the Vatican was trying to identify anatomically where the uh, like what the genetics or what the like um, what the scientific reasoning might be for a demonic possession. And it seems like they were able to narrow it down. And they and they accidentally exposed it. 
and they accidentally got uh, gave it to someone and he talks about having to destroy the the girl so i don't think this is zombies as much as it is demonic possess this is demonic possession right I mean, this has I think be it's open. Possession. I think it's open up to interpretation. If if it was really demonic possession in the first place, or if it was a contagion the entire time. Mm-hmm. But if it is demonic possession, and they scientifically like narrow down what the enzyme is for demonic possession, you just fucked up the whole world. You let this demon go and separate into other people, right? Like in a very easy way, man. You biffed it hard. And like these two people are there, the cameraman and her, like there's like a point where they're really into something and like the ceiling drops and they're like, well, I'm just going to put the camera up there to see what's going on. And then we see like, this is the one time I jumped. You did jump. In the yeah. Because yeah. there was like a demon child up there. There's demon child. Zombie and then, child. Um, she goes, uh, the reporter Turn on the light, turn on the light, turn is, on the light. Is in the dark and they turn on the night vision. And you see what who we are to assume is like the possessed girl that the guy from the Vatican had, but she's all she's a ghoul. Yeah. She kind of looks like scary. It's scary. a cool creature effect. Yeah. I that's what I I told Brian. Very cool, like creature look. Um she's like roaming around and then the reporter gets dragged into the darkness. End of movie. End of movie because it's assumed that everyone dies. Yes. Now, I would set the whole building on fire. I would set the whole building on fire. Um, Unfortunately, I think that's a really interesting it's, thing. It's to worth do. it. I mean, to preserve humanity for it's the um, it's the what is the railroad problem where if there's one person on one side and four people on the other, like who do you save? The one person or the four people? If you know the one person, but you don't know the four people. The moral dilemma. The moral dilemma. So this is a really cool way to save of humanity. Dealing... You kill all these people in this building. Uh, oh, to- totally. Yeah. Yeah. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool way of explaining zombies, though. Yeah. That thought... it's like. A demonic possession that gets transferred from person to person to person to person until it overtakes the whole world. Um, you said open to interpretation. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil the party a little bit. Cause I did do some digging on the sequels that come afterwards. Are you ready? You ready yeah. for some sequel spoiler? Because I assume we won't watch this. They get like balls to the wall crazy. Like so out of the realm of what this movie originally was um it's demons it's like a hundred percent demons and the demon just keeps getting transferred from person to person that that's what they explain it as in like in the later sequels but the later sequels deal with um so like the dog was out there and like uh had its impact at the vet and they deal with like oh it's already like Somewhere else. It's already somewhere else. Yeah. So, all in all, I think a uh, pretty good movie. Yeah. Is I, it? I I would have to like watch more found footage movies. So I, I in already, order to say if this was the best one. I think I I was pretty generous with this on the good scale. Oh, you already gave it a score. Yeah. Hmm. 
Um, on the good scale, I gave it a 5.4. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, I'm going to go 5.4. I think that's a good score. Yeah. And then... That's a fair score. The the question of how scary is it, I gave it a 5.3. I thought it was kind of scary. I thought the, the world-ending reality of it was scary. If I'm, zombies are always going to be much more scarier to me than like a guy with a knife. Yeah. So... It's going to go higher a little bit for me. I think I'm going to go 7-2. Brave. Yeah. Well, okay. The world ending is a scary thought. I know. And how easy it is and how quickly things can just devolve. I that, have to say, yeah. That's what's scary. I would like to go through other zombie movies and like eventually get to a point where it's like we can narrow down what what is like the scariest thing about a zombie movie the impending doom i want to watch and i was really looking for um the original dawn of the dead from the 80s or the 70s whatever it was that's considered like one of the better zombie movies but rock had been on my list for a while in terms of like i haven't seen it i've heard great things i want to watch the original version of this because i've seen the american remake and i don't like it the american remake changes things a little bit quarantine it's uh it's a uh it's a form of rabies Interesting. Instead of like the mixture of science and religion and demonic possession and, and stuff like that. They don't go nearly as complex with that explanation. They're just like it's rabies like mutated. And that's that's what it is. Which is maybe more of a realistic way of they've always said scientifically if, if like if zombies there was were to be to, zombies, just, it would be rabies. It would be rabies or mad cow disease, like transferred to humans. Or if we're watching The Last of Us, something with fungus. Oh, by the way, the first fungal infection in humans happened. Yeah. Um, I saw that. The man who f- was having trouble breathing and he found like mushrooms growing inside his esophagus. Perfect. He's 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 getting better. It's almost like the world gets scarier the <laughs> well, more that, we live that's in a, it. Because of the global temperature change. Rising, like things are becoming. Well, that's what they say in The Last of Us. They're like. It's not supposed to, like, transfer to humans, but the mix of so many different things, like mutations in fungus and the the changing global temperatures could create the perfect cocktail for fungus to take over. It's, oh, ooh, ah, uh, <laughs> chills down my spine. But right. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I I'm did pretty too. Scary. I'm not interested in any of the sequels. If I'm going to be completely I'm, I'm, honest, I'm kind of interested to see where the sequels go. Now that you told me where the sequels go, maybe one day, maybe just for us. Maybe just for us. Uh, I think the sequels are going to ruin this for me, and I don't want this to be ruined. Possible. Yeah. All right, Bree. Why don't we wrap it up? Yeah, good. Um, I think we're hitting about an hour, so good. Good timing. Um. I was really worried about this podcast, to be completely honest, just because this is such a quick movie and it's very fast paced. So I I didn't think we were going to have too much to talk about. Um, But let me tell you something, Mm Bree. Let me tell you something. What? If we were able to get an hour out of Skinnamarink, we are definitely able to talk this movie and we're able to talk any movie that comes because Skinnamarink was literally just staring at walls (laughs) the entire time. (laughs) If we can skin a rink, 
We got skin and ringed. We can do whatever we need. I went to the beach that makes you old. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't know, man. I wasn't old when I got there. Now I'm old. <laughs> okay. Um, well, Brie, where can we find you? You can find me nowhere. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, don't. If you want to get a hold of Brie, you have to go to this apartment complex. Um, you, uh, you will get trapped in there. And you will become a zombie. And you will become a zombie. A demon zombie. The zombie. The zombie. The zombie. Um, if you want to find me, though, you can follow me on Twitter at GLDTV1. Socials, still not there. Um, That's my bad. I'm a lazy. I'm a lazy. I'm a lazy. Okay. Um, however, if you want to find our podcast, you can find us anywhere you can get your podcast. Whether Apple, that be Spotify, Google. All of the above. I think we're all in a them. lot of places. Um, find us. Rate us five stars. Give us a nice little comment. Um, and then... Uh, I don't even know when we're dropping this podcast. We have to decide our schedule. So you can maybe next week we'll be here. Maybe we won't be here. Eh, uh, just keep it. Want. Keep your eyes peeled. So that's it for us. Uh, for the house scary. Is- <laughs> <laughs> she dropped her phone on the table. Um, I was trying to be cool and I ended up not being as cool as I thought I was. For the house scary is a podcast. <laughs> My name is Anthony. And I'm Bree. And uh, we'll be back sometime soon. Pew, pew.